Hi everyone and welcome to the Sweet Spot on a Farm episode 40 part 2. If you just randomly tuned in and have no idea what this podcast is about, the Sweet Spot is all about natural health. I interview natural health and fitness professionals and anyone and everyone whose business and life's mission is to help us support our health in as natural way as possible. And this is the second part of my chat with the holistic Dr. Modestas Gerotis. If you've missed the first part, I recommend you go back and tune in. Modestas, who comes from a cardiovascular surgery background, talked about the bioresonance machine and other modern technology he uses in his holistic practice. In this part, we will talk about kinesiology, the benefits of various forms of fasting and the importance of good food. Enjoy! But apart from modern technology, you also practice kinesiology. Yes. How did you come to the decision that, you, oh, that looks fascinating, I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it in this and I'm going to practice that. And what is kinesiology? How does it work? Kinesiology is the testing of the muscle to see is that muscle stays strong or gets weak, depending on the system you are testing. Different muscles are linked to different body systems. So kinesiologists can do complete body uh, check without using any devices by testing different muscles. And uh, because this whole alternative way of looking into body function, well, you know, now, again, it's approved, it's very popular. More and more patients go to kinesiologists because it's actually what patient's body is telling kinesiologist and patient can feel and understand that if muscle got weak straight away after the question or testing it means something is not working out so it's very visual it's very understandable testing that can be applied on patient and i try to teach that my patients can do a little bit of testing themselves and women are much better because they already have gut feeling which they usually talk with. And uh, so kinesiology is based on body survival and what's good for body and what's not good. So with testing muscle, you can see, let's say, which foods you can eat and which ones you should stay away. Do you have any allergies or you not? Is If patient comes with a symptom, is that related to the virus or is it that related to the bacteria? So kinesiology is one of the most simple ways of getting answers quite quickly without, you know, using any technologies and can be used in any corner of any room quickly to test what's going on. And as, you know, kind of people are used to that sense of the gut feeling that something is telling you that either it's right or not. But kinesiology is actually, you can talk to that gut feeling and get answers. Am I right thinking that I am allergic to gluten and your body will show you? So, yeah, so it's it's very simple, very obvious. And, you know, nobody's questioning anymore, you know, that kinesiology is shambles because everyone understands that body is trying to protect you and tries not to for you not to eat something that will weaken you. So 
for some somebody listening to this, you know, some people might think, "Oh my god, this is totally woo woo." Like, how can this even work? Are there any studies, or yes, have there been absolutely. any clinical trials of this? Yes, absolutely. Kinesiology is completely a legal, um, old way of assessing the body. Kinesiology is approved in every country in UK. And, uh, you know, so it's not like it's the same as acupuncture. Uh, the, the methods that I used in every country, they get through the assessment. And, you know, the key point is if therapist has certificate that his insurance covers for that method, it means he is okay to practice that. And it means that this is legal method to use. If that method is not on insurance certificate it means it's not been assessed or not yet may be approved but as i said in uk um, you know the same as homeopathy acupuncture uh, low dose medicine kinesiology electrotherapies pulsed electromagnetic field therapies all are insured by insurance companies so it means they are legal to use for health practitioners and for holistic doctors who are looking to help patients with combination of modern and ancient ways to get back to health. How long have you been practicing kinesiology and how were you made aware of it? Because I, I can't, I just can't imagine as a cardiovascular surgeon, I, I know that you're obviously one of the exceptions rather than the rule because I can't imagine and any surgeon coming from medical background how did you even yes. think about training so, that? So my best friend uh, in Lithuania, neurologist, uh, he would, you know, he finished the school uh, university the same as me. He went to neurologist direction, and uh, so by being approved neurologist, he went and completed the course of kinesiology himself. And when uh, uh, my youngest son was born um, 17 years ago, uh, we vaccinated him and he got crazy high temperature and the, nothing was helping to put that temperature down. And he came to us and he did few manipulations and osteocranial adjustment of the, his skull and temperature went down in like 10 seconds you know, got back to normal, he started breathing normally, and he settled. And I said, show me again, what is that? What you just did? <laughs> you know, kind of when you see something working on your, you know, son, uh, this is how I got involved in that, because uh, these methods and something usually happens during your life that you see really working, and then you start investigating and learning and trying and and understand that these simple principles should be taught in a school because it would be so much easier for everyone to figure out what's going wrong with them, why they are not feeling great. And, you know, so it's not the this whole science is not as difficult, uh, you know, to understand the muscle reaction. And, uh, you know, why not to use something that simple? That, uh, that's how I started using while I was still practicing as a vascular surgeon. 
because it was amazing to to use kinesiology for diagnostic and to fix something that's not functioning, you know. So it, it was fascinating because you don't need any tools, you don't need any tablets to, to fix dysfunction. So all these methods and these modern technologies that you use, does it all come under the umbrella of functional medicine? Yes, because they all look into body function not necessarily in anatomy because anatomical differences are really big and for someone who have small kidney which is functioning absolutely great you know you don't need to do anything and therefore functional medicine is looking into how to improve function you know with as little as possible side effects and what is causing that dysfunction, where is the glitch initially, and how to switch that on back to normal. It is pretty clear that it is possible for the Western, the modern medicine, to get engaged very closely with the naturopathic medicine, nutrition and all these modern technologies and 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 more natural ways of, of healing and work together in order to really treat dysfunctions and chronic illnesses. Modern medicine, the way it treats people, it's great for crises, for emergencies, for broken bones, for injuries. Exactly. But it's pretty useless when it comes to chronic conditions. It has the tools to help someone who is really in inflammation. You know, for chronic conditions that flared up, we need to do something. You know, we need to help the patient, you know, and the modern medicine is great. You know, it has strong anti-inflammatories, painkillers, and, you know, to allow body to catch up and start get back to healing but you're right there is not in modern medicine there is no focus on healing patient so there is no focus on how to change behavior of patient that he can get or she can get back to complete normal you know in long run instead of taking one or two or three or five tablets every day and trying to compensate whatever is not functioning. And sometimes it's possible and sometimes it works for some time, but usually after four, five, six, ten years of taking tablets and seeing no big change, patients start thinking, actually this is not working. You know, I need to do something that I can get back to normal health and that I don't need to take these five tablets every day. And body is not stupid. Body will help you in every way if you will give a chance. If you will stop eating crap foods, if you will skip the breakfast, if you will, you know, drink plenty of water and, of course, eat more plant-based foods, which uh, natural plant-based foods are, I think, key nutrients and key energy uh, providers, not the the sugars and not the kind of carbs that are for some reason became so popular and in every shop every doors you open the first thing that will be 
put on a shelf would be carbs and sweet drinks and uh, that give you energy for maybe one hour but then you know you exhaust that sugar <laughs> effect and you crash even more and you can't get out of that because sugar is more addictive than cocaine so patients who try the sweet things and they want it more and they want it again and uh, so i think the biggest issue of modern society is addiction to sugar yeah and i think the fact that you can walk into pretty much any supermarket and a bag of um, sugary synthetic sweets is cheaper cheaper almost yes. than a bag of organic potatoes it's really not helping yeah exactly and you know to buy organic apple you need to pay at least one pound you know sometimes two pounds for organic apple and uh, you know it's unless you go to a local farmer who grows them yes shop <laughs> local exactly and we are in the great place where apples been growing ages and ages and it's strange that people buy apples from i don't know new zealand and somewhere coming instead of local yeah that's why with my family my wife uh, we support helen's bay organic every friday i usually don't work and i help john uh, and his team to do whatever is necessary so it's great to see that we have uh, you know the organic farms around where you can actually buy real you know freshly grown local food you um so you have this medical background but you're obviously uh you've been teaching people about you know obviously change of lifestyle change of diet how much nutrition impacts the, the, their health what is your own lifestyle like and what is your own diet like yes Do you live what you preach yes yes <laughs> i walk my talk so I was 10 kilos heavier five years ago and that's when I tried 5-2 diet first time and you know 5-2 is Mike Mosley's favorite UK diet that two days in a row you eat only dinner and then five days you can do whatever you want so it was quite simple and um, I tried it it worked I lost a few kilos I felt much better but I felt that small dinner for me is not enough and I I tried different diets through the life and for me never worked half portion I always wanted to have a meal that I feel full that I had a meal and uh, then I came along and found about OMAD OMAD is one meal a day where you can eat as much as you want but once a day and that is becoming more and more popular i really uh, uh, encourage everyone to google and youtube about omad o m a d which is one meal a day idea which came actually from clinical trials with animals with uh, mice rats cats dogs monkeys horses they confirmed that one meal a day is twice better and healthier than two meals a day so we supposed to feed our animals only once a day and the the animals two groups uh, you know one had two meals a day another one meal a day and the one who had one meal a day lived twice longer and no health issues so this is coming this never been done with people 
and never will be done because there is no money in that. But one meal a day looks like is more natural. And if you look into the wild, we are animals, sophisticated animals, but we are animals. It looks like in the wild, animals eat just once a day. They usually, if they catch a prey, they have a big meal. If they don't, you know, they fast. And that's how we should operate. So when we have a chance and we have a party, it's okay to overeat and enjoy it. But after that, should be one or two days of detox and maybe no food. So this is what looks like now is key for longevity. And uh, my favorite uh, professor of genetics, um, David Sinclair, he actually advocates that as well. So it's okay to have one big meal a day. And then you should have once or twice a week the no meal. It means just water because that's how in animal kingdom things happens because you don't catch prey every day. But surely how would this work for somebody who trains a lot for athletes? So if you are a bodybuilder and you want to build, you know, you're building your weight and, you know, the strength and everything, this one meal might not be enough because then that meal becomes really big and but you don't need to eat it in half an hour my dinner is usually lasting one hour and a half maybe two hours so i'm not trying to get that whole calories in one go as quickly as possible so but again everyone is different and everyone should find what works for for him or her best because I am a big believer that breakfast is definitely not the best meal of the day. And now research shows that. Even recent TED talk, you know, from university, I think in California, it was amazing talk in 15 minutes explained why breakfast was never the best meal of the day. And uh, the same Mike Mosley's idea, skipping breakfast and lunch, you know, for two days in a row worked for so many people already. So, and you save so much time by not thinking and not trying to make anything for breakfast or lunch. And, you know, so I got physically one hour and a half extra every day because I don't need to spend thinking about breakfast and I don't need to do anything for lunch. Yes. And, uh, but this is my approach. And a lot of my patients tried it. They liked it and they stuck with it so I have a patients who are doing the same as me five days a week one meal a day and Saturday Sunday is whatever I have to say that I always felt that for me personally breakfast was kind of crucial that would set me up for for the day and give me the energy to do whatever I needed to do but it would have to be the right kind of breakfast depending on what my day would look like Exactly. So you need to listen to your body and you don't need to do anything that's going against your gut feeling. And uh, you're right. Uh, for some people, breakfast is the key meal. For some is lunch, the key meal, and they can completely skip dinner. So, but without trying, you will not figure it out. And the key point is just to try and see how you feel. If that helps, it saves money. It's you feel much more energized and I am big believer and we do fasting retreats. So three, five, seven, ten days, whatever issue and whatever reason behind we are doing it, it's the the best reset for body, you know. 
to get rid of any toxins and to fight any inflammation. So it again costs nothing and uh, it's becoming more and more popular and uh, you know one one or another way of fasting water fast is really easiest way and and it's in every religion <laughs> so it must be you know working for these four or five thousand years already i actually haven't done the pure water fast when i do my 24-hour fast i always end up drinking either vegetable broth or bone broth just to get nutrients in or even when i did I did 36-hour fast and I did 72-hour fast. Absolutely. And, but I would always yeah. get nutrients in. I never tried even 24-hour fast with just water. Uh, what you are doing, it's even more popular now uh, because it's called fasting mimicking diet. When you are allowed a little bit of food and either a little bowl of soup or something that you get all nutrients, either veggie broth or bone broth, uh, during the day, but it is very small portion. The same nearly principle as Mike Mosley's that during that detox day you have only 500 calories. So fasting mimicking diets are another way of doing that. And you're right, you need to go gradually to to try and eventually to try the water fast. Yeah, and I and I and I think for this kind of Thing, experimenting with fasting or with whatever diet wise um, when it comes to our physiology and our bodies what is incredibly is important is to have the patience to observe and to to, to feel to, to kind of try and understand how our bodies react and really listen to our body but I think that takes a long time to get to the point when you can do that because I certainly couldn't for years and it took me a long time to be able to do that and whenever something happens within my body to be able to observe it with patience and, and realize what's actually going on. Exactly and you know I'm here to advise what worked for my other patients, what worked for me and my, my family and I'm really happy when that works out, when it doesn't, we keep looking. We keep looking and trying different combinations, different therapies, different uh, ways of getting that patient, particular patient, back on health. And I really enjoy now being health doctor instead of vascular surgeon. So you eat only once a day? Yes. And um, what does your meal look like? Uh, usually in either apple or carrot. Usually it's my favorite uh uh, grated apple through the fresh apple with all skin grated and mixed with carrot so one apple one carrot you have a freshly grated apple carrot salad and uh, that's my childhood yes my mom used to make it for exactly me. <laughs> so this it comes from childhood and this is my wife's favorite as well sometimes i add raisins or dried cranberries depends on do i really crave something sweet or not and then of course it will be soup and uh, then after that main course and usually it's veggie curry or I really like mushrooms so I'm not uh, vegan but I'm trying to get there 
but I really love fish. So a lot of, on, of my meals are mix of fish and mushrooms and just uh, organic raw vegetables. That sounds amazing. Um, do you have a favorite veg? Yes, uh, my favorite one is sweet potato, and it's. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, actually, sweet potato. I feel a small victory here. <laughs> yes, sweet potatoes, especially here in Northern Ireland. I don't know; they are really sweet, and it's so easy and simple to cook them. And with all skin and without skin, you know, in oven, and it just you know, uh, fry on ghee butter, which is my favorite as well you know, for frying and, uh, yeah, mix of uh, sweet potatoes with mushrooms, you know, wild mushrooms. Oh, that sounds good. Do you have a favorite recipe that you could share with our listeners? It's just uh, a lot of fresh white onion uh, shredded with um, the shiitake mushrooms. Or if you can't get just any simple, uh, how are they called, milk, the champignon. The normal mushrooms you can get in supermarket. Button mushrooms. Butter, button, yeah, button mushrooms, yeah. Uh, I fry them on ghee butter and uh, I add uh, grated sweet potato. So you get uh, like um, stir fry of sweet potato with onions and mushrooms. That sounds really good. <laughs> I feel so sorry for myself that I can't actually eat mushrooms. <laughs> I know that some, sometimes, yes, some patients must stay away from them. But for me, it's, it's, I, I, I don't, I, I can skip the fish, but I can't skip the mushrooms. <laughs> I'll get my partner to try it because it sounds like an awesome recipe. Before we completely conclude um, this episode, if people living in Northern Ireland or living near Belfast, wanted to get scanned with you yeah. um, how would they contact you what is the best way to get in touch and to book an appointment it's they can find holistic doctor on you know facebook my website is holisticdoctor.eu because i practice as well in dublin and i go back to lithuania and i see patients there so and of course in belfast they can just phone me on 0772726 and i when i can i will answer if not i will just return phone calls after working hours and uh, yes initial one hour appointment with full medical history and diagnostic scan and treatment cost 100 pounds and um, if patients are coming for follow-up, they get £20 discount, follow-up is £80. And I have patients who come every two, three months just to see the progress, how they are doing. And uh, yeah, and it's great to see that more and more patients are coming, you know, to, to try these technologies and to try to change something in their life to help them get back to health naturally. Um, you are based in Belfast, just for anybody who would like to come to you for an appointment on Craigie Road at the Synergy Healthcare. Yes. And I need to point out that we're sitting in a building where my own health journey started with um, a friend we have in common, Finbar McGee. Oh, yes. And it's really great to be back here. But tell me this, actually, I have one last question that I realized I haven't asked you. When somebody comes to you and describes their symptoms and what the problem is you obviously assess the whole medical history and lifestyle how do you decide which 
one of the technologies or the therapies you would use to diagnose or treat a patient? Or do you always use Bioresonance is not the always. Point. Not always. As you said, I advise patients to try bioresonance just for them to see what it is, how it works. But if someone says, no, no, it's not for me, I don't want that, I offer kinesio- kinesiological assessment. So you can go through systems using the body muscles. And if they don't want that as well, we just can go and have a proper discussion like at GP practice, you by a patient telling me the symptoms and me trying to conclude what these symptoms can be, where are they coming from. And so whatever patient is comfortable with. So, you know, but 90, maybe 8% of patients, they decide to try at least bioresonance because during the scan, we can continue discussion. So it means that it's not like the scan and, you know, the patient can't talk or, you know, so... During the diagnostic scan, we continue the discussion about lifestyle, what they tried so far, what medications they are on, and what worked for them, what didn't, and kind of we go through everything, and that time is not wasted. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Modestas. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Suzanne. It's, it's amazing that you found me, contacted me, and it's, it's, I had a great time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Remember, you can find Modesta's recipe on our social media and the best way to get it is to download it in a PDF form from our Facebook public group page, The Sweet Spot on a Farm. You can find it along with all of the previous recipes shared on this podcast in the file section. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a comment on social media or SoundCloud or even better, rate us on iTunes. To keep this podcast going, your reviews are absolutely essential and those stars that might seem meaningless to you really do matter. You can even do it on your smartphone if you have the Apple Podcast app. And that's it for this week. Have a lovely week. Make sure you put your body through a proper MOT at least once a year and it's coming to Christmas. So that's a really time of the year to do that. And other than that, stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Thank you.